Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life. Well, how many guys are having fun today in the house of the Lord? A few of you. All right, all right. Hey, these guys aren't even having fun. There was like 18 hand claps. There and so you guys, can you liven them up a little bit? Mom, you got something funky? I don't know. Something funky. Uh oh, uh oh. sermons through the talk box. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I said, oh, I wish I could get five amens in here. Amen. <laughs> I guess we should get to the word of God today. So my, my greatest goal in life and, and I, I I'm a very goal oriented person I, I have to be my greatest goal and I have a lot of goals you guys have a lot of goals you have a lot of dreams because because dreams dreams are what they what fuel your life dreams like man they keep me going they 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 help me take the next step forward and I got a lot of dreams and and, and a lot of goal for example the Lord put this dream deposit in my heart that one day 
that one day we're going to build the Impact Church Arena. That's, that's a dream that, that, that God put in my heart. Uh, another dream is in 2011, 12, no, 11 years ago, I had this dream deposit that God put in my heart that one day, now remember in 2011, none of these people were on this stage. The only one was Garrett. Garrett, Garrett's my dude for life. Me and Garrett, Garrett's our lead, one of our, our lead guitar. Garrett and I, someday I'll be like 90 and he'll be like, how old will you be? How old are you, Garrett? So he'll be like 70. You're 20 years younger than me. So, and, and, and we'll both be in wheelchairs on the stage and we're like, uptown, punk you up. We'll just be, still be doing what we're doing. But None of these people were on stage and God gave me this dream deposit that one day impact worship would be music for the nations. Now that's a big dream. But when you have a dream, you can now take steps to build toward that dream. So I have been building, as Pastor Scott said last week, if you were here last week, I have been digging and digging and digging toward those goals. That, that gives you a target to aim for. And I, I have a lot of dreams, I have a lot of dreams, but my number one dream, the, the greatest dream that I have for my own life is that I finish strong. And it's not flashy, it's not music for the nations, it's not an arena. It's not flashy, but it matters more than anything else in my life is that I finish strong because see a lot of people start out strong, but they finish soft. A, a lot of people that they, they start, they're good starters, but poor finishers. And I want to finish strong. I want to be a good husband until I die. I want to be a good daddy. I want to finish strong until I die. I want to be someone who finishes strong in my ministry. Because there's a lot of times that people, they start out strong, but they just don't finish strong. I want to read to you some words from Acts chapter 20, 24. And this verse says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. It's interesting because he's saying that God's will, God's purpose, God's, God's plan is all that matters to me. God's will for my life, God's purpose is all that matters. Listen, I will tell you this. If you're living outside of God's purpose today, you're living outside of God's power today. And if you want God's power, if you step into God's purpose for your life, you're going to step in to God's power for your life. The apostle Paul near the end of his life, and, and he had he had lived a long life. He had done ministry. And, and at the end of his life, it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. He says, I have fought the good fight. 
Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Here we go. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. The righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. See, I love this verse. I love this verse. I love this because he says, I fought the good fight. Life is a fight. Man, life is a fight. He says, I've fought the good fight. Listen, Impact Church family, you have a lot of fights in your life that are good fights. Your marriage is a good fight. Your mental health is a good fight. Your calling, your ministry is a good fight. Being a godly man in a godless world is a good fight. Being a godly woman is a good fight. Being a godly daddy or mommy is a good fight. So I love when he says, man, I fought the good fight. See, your dream, your dream, your dream is a good fight. And then he says, I've finished the race. I finished the race. Man, it's just crazy to me because so many people start out strong. I could name name after name after name after name after name of people who started out strong and just did not finish the race. I've shared this story with you guys, but about 15 years ago, my wife had this idea and she was like, hey, uh, you should do this 5K with me. And, and 15 years ago, or around the time of 15 years ago, I was like in really good shape. I was still in basketball shape and, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'll do it. And she's training every day. I'm not. And I'm thinking 5K, what's 5K? Like, that's nothing, you know? And I don't need to train. In fact, I'll probably go win the whole thing. That's the, really the way I thought. It's like, you know, hundreds of people in this race, they're like prepping, not me. I'm just that confident that I'm gonna come in and just basically smoke everybody. And Natalie's seriously training every day. Leave it to my media team. You never know about these guys. I got different hats on. I've been running so long, I changed my hat, but not my outfit. But, but I did. I got, I got to the start line, and, and they have a... How many of y'all run? How many of y'all run? Raise your hand. You run. Can I ask why? They, they say there's something called a runner's high. There's much easier ways to get high. I mean, and, and, and so that gun, I didn't know it was like actual gun, like caught me by surprise. And 
and you know, I'm from the West Valley. So like you hear a gun boy, it's, and so I, I was, I was, I was like took off like Forrest Gump. I really did. I was just like, and I was so far ahead of everybody and till about the third K. And then I started getting fatigued and my body started getting, my legs started getting tired. My lungs started getting tired. And, and all of a sudden my sprint, it, it's like come to a jog. And then, you know, you get the, 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 the pain and I was like, oh no, now I got the cramps, got the little splinter feeling going on. And, and so pretty soon I'm walking, but I'm like, I am not stopping. I got to keep walking. And eventually, I don't know when it was, but here comes my wife and her friend. Just steady she goes, you know, just catch up to me. And then I don't know how old this guy was, but to me, he looked 198 years old. He just comes jogging on by me. And, and, and I remember thinking in that moment, like, there's a sermon in this. Because a lot of people, they do just that. They start, they start strong, but they just don't finish strong. See, God wants you to be a good finisher. I want you to tell somebody right now, God wants you to be a good finisher. Tell them, God wants you to be a good finisher. And I want you to ask yourself this question because the Bible refers to life a lot as a race. It's a race. It's not really a sprint. It's a marathon, right? It's a marathon. Even your relationships, it's a marathon. And God talks so much about the concept of race and running this race that, that I want you to think of your own life and ask yourself this question as we begin today is, what kind of race are you running? What kind of race? Because some people are just running around aimlessly, right? No real purpose, no real goal. They're just reacting to everything. Some, some people, they're running on empty. Other people are running from reality. Some people are running scared. Some people are running with the wrong people. And some of y'all, you're just running wild, you know? Like you were in Southtown last night. You dragged your butt into, that's probably the next service because they're still hungover. They'll be here at 11 a.m. But I want to talk about running this race in life to win and finishing strong. And so I'm going to pray if you would bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for another day of life and love and relationships and sunshine and friendship and God, most importantly, your word today. We pray that you would speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say amen, amen, amen. So I want to give you three keys. That's it. Three keys to running this race and finishing strong. So if you're ready, let me hear you say, I'm ready. Number one, if you're going to finish strong, number one, you need to keep your focus. Keep your focus. Look at Proverbs 4, 25 with me. It says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Let's read it together out loud. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Keep your focus. 
Focus is a spiritual powerhouse. It is a weapon, a tool that God gives us. The ability to focus and keep our focus, right? You heard of the phrase, eye of the tiger. The eye of the tiger. Some of you, you heard the song, eye of the tiger, eye of the tiger. Can you guys, do you guys know that song? Eye of the tiger. Can I put you on the spot here? You know this I knew you guys knew it. I knew you guys knew it. You know what's crazy about the eye of the tiger? I never knew this until later in my life. Eye of the tiger has nothing to do with the tiger's eyes. Did you know that? It has nothing to do with, you know what the eye of the tiger is? The eye of the tiger is when the tiger is about to attack its prey and it flips its ears around backwards And all of a sudden, these white spots on the tiger's ears appear. Those are the eyes of the tiger. Listen, once those ears flip around, once the prey sees those dots, it is over. It's already dead before it's dead. Because once that tiger decides it's going to attack, nothing will deter it. Nothing will take its focus away. That is the kind of focus that God wants us to have in our lives. Focus is a super weapon. It is a spiritual weapon. Listen, your future follows your focus. Say that out loud. Your future follows your focus. See, if the devil can't destroy you, the devil will distract you. He will distract you to try to get you to destroy yourself. Because distractions, they steal your attention. If you want to finish strong, you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the finish line. I want you to read a scripture with me from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Maybe you've heard this before. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Only one gets it. So run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating in the air. This is why I've titled today's message, Run For Your Life. Run with purpose. Run with focus. Run to win. The devil is the master distractor. 
He is always trying to distract. And you know what? He knows that we're easily distracted. He knows that as humans, we have attractions to distractions. So he uses distractions because, mainly because they work. They're subtle. They're subtle. You're happily married. You love your wife. You love your husband. But the devil's going to send some dude, some woman into their life. It's a distraction. He is the master of distraction. See, it's subtle. It's hard to recognize because it's a subtle distraction, but it's an attack from the enemy. Distractions are dream killers. Distractions cause disaction. Distractions make you lose traction. So here's the question is what are the distractions in your life? What are they? What is stealing your focus? What's distracting you from the attention that your relationship needs? What's distracting you from the attention that your children need? What's distracting you from taking your business to the next level? What's distracting you in walking toward Jesus Christ. See, even in the Bible, people were distracted. David was distracted by lust and pleasure. Judas Iscariot, he was distracted by greed and by money. Peter, he was distracted by worries and fears. Distractions come in all different types of names. You can be distracted by your own insecurities. You can be distracted by temptation. You can be distracted by failures, guilt, shame. You can be distracted by resentment. By the way, if you don't allow God to work in you in those resentment moments, the resentment turns to bitterness. Bitterness is a poison to your purpose. It's a poison to your soul. So non-stop focus on the pain that somebody caused you, it turns into bitterness. Listen, bitterness is far more devastating to your life than the actual hurt that occurred. Bitterness is like a cancer that it goes throughout your entire soul. It eats you alive. Bitterness is like a deadly virus running through your body. God's word is very, very clear about the dangers of allowing bitterness to take root into our soul. I didn't put this in your outline, but I want to read you a scripture from Hebrews twelve fifteen. He says, watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. It causes deep trouble and it hurts many in their spiritual lives. Don't let bitterness take root. It only hurts you. Instead, what do you do? You fix your focus. You fix your focus. You know you get to choose what you focus on in life. You get to choose what to focus on. People are going to hurt you. You're going to be hurt. I'm going to be hurt. Sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's not on purpose. You get to choose. Do I stay hurt or do I move on towards healing and wholeness? That is your choice. Bitterness is a choice. By the way, there is an antidote to bitterness. You know what it is? It's called gratitude. Gratitude. See, studies have shown that gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions that we can have. Gratitude. Focus on gratitude. 
Man, I'm grateful. You know what? Sit down and make a list of all the things that you're thankful for. Because even when you're in the valley, even when you're in the fire, even when you're in the storm, even when you're going through hell, there's still things that you are thankful for. And you can change your focus and put your focus on gratitude. Fix your focus. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. You know, bitterness is not going to change your past but it will certainly control your future. It will control you. Bitterness will kill the purpose that God has for your life. There's so many distractions in your life. I want to read what Jesus said about distractions in Matthew chapter four. Jesus said in Matthew four, he said the cares and the anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things. They creep in and they choke and they suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. So he says the danger of distractions, they creep in, they choke, they suffocate God's word and God out of your life. Listen, if you're going to finish strong, you have to keep and maintain your focus. You know that one of the easiest ways I've discovered to lose your focus, one of the easiest distractions that the devil throws at you to make you not be focused is your past. If he can get you to think about your past then your focus and your future is blurry. I can't stay focused on my future because I can't shake my past. I want to read to you a scripture today that will encourage you. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, Paul says, not that I've already obtained this and not that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Come on, say that out loud with me. Forgetting what is behind. Would you yell it out loud with me? Forgetting what is behind. I strain toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I forget what is behind. I strain toward what is ahead. It's time to move past your past. I know you blew it. I know they hurt you, but let me tell you, your failure doesn't define your future. You're not defined by what you did. You're defined by what Jesus did. You're not defined by what they did to you. You're defined by what Christ did for you. You're not defined by what trauma you endured. You're defined by the trauma that Jesus endured. You're not defined by your situation. You're defined by your salvation. Listen, don't let who you used to be get in the way of who God is. So I press, I press toward the goal to win the prize. I press on for freedom. I press on for forgiveness. 
I press on for purity. I press on toward healing. I press on toward wholeness. I press on toward peace and unity. I press on for my marriage. I press on for my relationship. I press on for my children and my babies and my family. Keep my focus. Number two, if you're going to finish strong, you got to keep your balance. See, everything in life is about balance. Think about this. God made water. God made land. God made the ground. God made the sky. God made man. God made... Whoa, man. Boy, she's fine. God gave you a mouth. And God gave you ears. Balance. You give, you receive balance. You get the point. Life is all about balance. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, Solomon, he wrote these words and he said, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. He said, there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. That's balance. There's a time to plant, time to uproot, balance, a time to kill, time to heal, time to tear down, time to build up, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, a time to dance. This passage shows balance and contrast. God made a balanced world and life in its healthiest moments. They're balanced. A balanced life. Listen, you have to be intentional to keep your balance. You have to stay focused to keep life balanced. Like, Balance is everything. Think about even the body. I mean, when you get sick, your body is imbalanced. Have you ever had your car tires get out of balance? And what happens when the tires, I just bought four new tires. The, the, the tires were, they were old and they were shredding on the inside and, and they were out of balance. And when the car tires are out of balance, the car just shakes around, right? It just shakes around and jiggles around and, and and have you ever had a washer machine get out of balance right and that thing just you're like what is going on the washer machine is out of balance see your life is the same way when your life is out of balance life just kind of shakes you and spins you around balance is the key to finishing strong balance see life needs balance And when life gets out of balance, your life starts shaking apart. So some of you today, I asked you, what do your races look like? What does the marathon look like for you? For some of you, your your life race looks like a chicken running around with its head cut off. You're not in balance. You're not in balance. You're trying to do too much. You're spread too thin. You're trying to do everything, which it equates to you really doing nothing, right? Have you ever felt like that? Man, I feel like, man, I've been busy all day and got nothing done. It's balance. I do that at the house sometimes. I take out the trash, put it in the trash to see something that needs to be done in the garage. Start doing something that needs to go inside the house into the closet. And then you get to the closet, that needs to go back out to the garage. And then I need, oh, that goes to the kitchen. The kitchen, I need to throw. And pretty soon, I said, man, I spent eight hours working at home and it looks exactly the same. 
balance. Some of y'all, that's you. That chicken with your head cut. You're just running around. You're just running around. Listen, you say yes too much. You know, one of the, one of the greatest things you can do for your own life is learn to say no. Now, I'm not talking about to your boss. No, boss, I need some time. My pastor told me I need balance. No, no. I believe in hard work. I believe in working very, very hard, but I also believe in resting very, very hard. Your life, it needs balance. You've got to have balance. See, listen, anytime you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. See, life can become lopsided like that. I spend too much time on things that don't matter and too little time on things that do matter. And if you're not careful, you can flame out, you can fail out because you're out of balance. Because you're out of balance. Now, there's a couple simple things that you can do to get your life in balance. Okay, first is look at your schedule. You know there are things in there that don't need to be in there. It's not that they're bad things, they're just not the best things. So I look at my, what can I cut back in my schedule? I'm gonna do some spring cleaning in my calendar. I think a lot of us treat our schedules like we treat our closets. You know what I'm saying? You buy a new shirt, you put it in your closet. You didn't get rid of another shirt. You buy another shirt, you put it in your closet, you buy some jeans, you put it in your closet, you buy some shoes, you put it in your closet. When's the last time that you actually got rid of some stuff from your closet? It's every time you pull something in and you don't push something back out, it's creating clutter. Some of y'all, your lives are just cluttered. You're praying for a miracle. Your miracle is balance. You just need balance. You just, God, I'm so tired. I just need it. You need balance. God, will you do the impossible and give me energy that I don't? You need balance. You just need to rest. You need to cut your schedule back. You need to be more intentional. Okay, let let, let me share this verse with you in Hebrews 12.1. He says, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back and let us run with patience, in particular, the race that God has set before us. So I love this phrase, strip off everything. Because I think a lot of times when we read this verse, we think of like sin. I got to strip off sin in my life. I got to strip that relationship out of my life. And that's true. But sometimes strip off anything is anything, even in your calendar. Okay. The other thing that you can do to create balance is to create boundaries. Boundaries. Y'all know what those are? Boundaries. Uh, 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 balance, me, my, balance means that you get really good at saying no a lot. A lot. Not like, oh, I said, see, some of you are such people pleasers, you're terrified to tell somebody no. But the boundaries will set you free. See, this morning, some of you feel overwhelmed. Do you know why you feel overwhelmed? I do, because you're overworked, overscheduled, and overloaded. 
You need margin. You need space. You need some downtime. You need some relaxation. Do you remember the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments? I know only like three of you do, so I'm going to share it with you. The fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments is he says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. What does that even mean? Remember the Sabbath. Okay, I remember. I need a day of rest. How do you keep it holy? You take your day of rest. How do I keep the Sabbath holy? It is a day of rest, and it is a day of relaxation, and it is a day of worship. So, listen, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and the Bible says on the seventh day, he rested. Some of y'all think you got more energy than God. Because some of you are workaholic. You're like, I'm going seven days. I promise you will burn out. You will burn out. And I don't know what that burnout will look like. You might fail out. You might flame out. You might, hey, I'm a workaholic. I take pride in my job, my business, my career, my company, my dream. You can take pride in that and you'll lose your family all at once. Balance. Balance. So he says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. You keep it holy by saying, I'm going to be selfish about the Sabbath. See, what I get, I don't know about you, this is why I get caught up. My, my day off is Monday. Makes sense, doesn't it? Monday is my Saturday, really. And you know what is, is tempting? We got a lot of stuff to do at the house. So a lot of times Monday, I took the day off at work, but I just worked even harder at home. So he's saying, look, you need to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Get some rest. Even God himself rested. Even as you read through the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see this phrase time and time again, where it says, Jesus often withdrew to quiet places. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. You see in scripture where Jesus took a nap. <laughs> Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. And this really leads us to number three. Let's look at it together. If you want to finish strong, you got to manage your energy. Manage your energy. See, I think in that 5K, I would have been all right if I just started out right. Instead of starting out like, you know, Forrest Gump. But I've learned this about my own life. Have you learned this? Have you learned this about your own life that tired people? Can I answer it? I will. I'll put him right here in the mic. You're like, hello, it's Pastor Trav. You should be here, but you're calling from somewhere else. No, no, I'm calling from the back row. <laughs> I've learned this about my own life. Have you? Tired people do stupid stuff. Tired people make stupid decisions. Tired people say stupid things. And so we need to learn the art of managing our energy because too many people don't finish the race because of fatigue. 
man, I'm just tired. I'm, 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 I'm burned out. Burned out. A lot of people say I'm burnt out, but burnt is an adjective, just so you know. Just a little, you know, word study. Not that it matters, but I'm burned out. You know, burn, burnout is a phrase that comes from the space age. It, it literally means when a rocket burns out. It, it's out of fuel. And so now we say, I'm burned out. No, we say, I'm burnt out. And burnout is when you're running on empty. You're, you're worn out emotionally. You're, you're, you're mentally exhausted. You're physically depleted. I'm so tired of my relationship. I'm so tired of my situation. I'm so tired of running around in circles. I'm so tired of the same old, same old. I'm spiritually running on empty, emotionally running on empty, which makes me physically run on empty. Listen, if you're running on empty today, at some point you are going to burn out. Can't keep that pace. You can't keep running on empty and not run out. You need to replenish your energy. I, I want to read to you Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. The Bible says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your burdens. That was the opening phrase that Amelia sang on this new song. Casting your burdens upon the Lord. What is a burden? Burden is, is, is obviously, it's a, heavy, it's a heavy load. Man, I'm carrying this burden. I'm carrying this weight, this weight of the world. It, it, it's crushing me. It's too heavy. You know you were never designed by God to carry some of the burdens that you're trying to carry. So he says, cast it, cast it. But how do you cast it? I mean, how do you even do that? Yeah, that's great, PT, but how do I, like, what do you mean? Kind of like, okay, Lord, here you go. How do I cast my burden? You, you, you give it to God. You take it to the Lord. But watch this. I repent of my sins. Because sometimes the burden on your life is unrepented sin. Or sometimes the burden in your life is unresolved conflict. There's this conflict in my life and it's not been resolved. And so I, I, I've got this burden on my life, this burden, there's this conflict and it's got me weighed down. It's so heavy. I can hardly move. It's eating me alive. Listen, you can pray till Jesus comes and you should, but you also might need to pick up that phone and make that phone call and resolve the conflict. Unrepented sin. Listen, you know what unrepented sin leads to? It leads to guilt and shame. 
I'm ashamed of what I did. I cannot believe what I did. I am so ashamed. So I feel so guilty. I'm so weighted down. I cannot, but when I look back, I don't even know who that was. How could I have come to that in my life? Who even am I? See, unrepented sin results in burden, heaviness, heaviness, heaviness. But see, the weight will be lifted when you confess it. And it's not just confessing it to God. You might need to confess it to somebody. See, sometimes we're praying for God to do the supernatural. But the supernatural activates from you just doing the natural. You think that the miracle starts with God, but the miracle, it actually starts with you because there are some things that you can do that God's already given you the power and the tools to cast your burdens, cast your burdens, cast your burdens, and you will feel the weight lifted. Look at Matthew with me. These are the words of Jesus Christ in Matthew 11. He says this, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Do you know what that even means? In Bible farming days, they would yoke oxen together to make them stronger. And see, I can't, I can't do this on my own. But when I'm linked up with somebody, it distributes the weight. It takes some of the weight off me. And so they would put a wooden plank across the backs of the necks of these oxen. Now they're stronger together. Jesus is saying, if you yoke with me, I'll be your strength. If you yoke with me, I'll be your power. So he says, I want to read it again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to do me a favor and I want you to stand to your feet with me. And I want you to close your eyes. And for just a moment, I want you to think about this race that you're running. And I want you to think about the distractions that are trying to come at you. What are those distractions?
those subtle distractions that are trying to distract you from moving forward in Christ. Those become burdens. And God wants us to cast, to cast, to cast our burdens onto him. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, he says, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me. See, Jesus has his arms wide open and he's waiting for you to run to him, to come to him, to come into a relationship with him. And if that's you today and you've never prayed to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you can do that right now. And you just pray, Jesus, today, I want to become a follower of you. Thank you for dying for me. Teach me how to live for you. God, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. God, that your love is unconditional. God, that your love is unconditional. God, that you love me no matter what. No matter what I've done. No matter who I did it to. No matter where I've been. No matter how dark the darkest days were. God, your love is unconditional. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.